Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. It turns out this is the day that Bucks fans have been waiting for when they get to meet potentially their new starting quarterback, a guy who... You know, many people have written off, but quite frankly, I think he's the best they could do. Tampa Baker shows up today. Baker Mayfield is supposed to be introduced sometime later this afternoon, we think, by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And he's got to fly in, take a physical. Those things can take some time, depending on what they find or don't find. Sign his contract. And then later this afternoon, hopefully, we'll have a chance to sit down and talk to him. I'm interested in, in, you know, in doing that, like, you know, you, you don't win anything when you win the press conference, but I think this is a guy that obviously has pedigree. He still has, um, you know, lots of football ahead of him. I mean, he's only, you know, 27 years old, 26, 27 years old. And from what I learned since we've talked is that he targeted the Bucks as much as they did him. I mean, when you're looking at, and we've talked about this many times, when you're looking at a place where he could play, Tampa Bay was high on his list. And you, you know, basically would forego the money to take a contract that can pay him up to eight and a half million if he plays, but is really about a four and a half million dollar base. And that's roughly what Drew Locke got to stay in Seattle, knowing he was going to be the backup to Geno Smith. So money is not the, uh, the priority here for Baker. So it'd be fun to talk to him and just see what he thinks, where he's at physically and mentally. This is his fourth team since he was traded by the Cleveland Browns to the Carolina Panthers last July. That's four teams that he's now going to be a part of. Mm-hmm. So a lot, uh, lot, lot to catch up on there. I was talking to some friends over the weekend, mm-hmm. and the subject of Baker Mayfield came up, and several of them were like, you know, I don't like him. I was okay, you know, that's yeah. whatever. But I was like, well, who, who did you want the Bucks to get as a quarterback? Who would you, know, you rather have? Like Jimmy Garoppolo. I said, well, that was, what, $30 million a year? <laughs> yeah. I said, they're paying Baker four to five, maybe mm-hmm. up to eight, and that's about mm-hmm. all they can afford. That's it. I'm like, if you like Garoppolo better, I get it. If you like Derek Carr better, I get it. Sure. If you like Aaron Rodgers better, I get it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. But, I, you know, as, as we talked about last week, at $4.5 million, maybe some, up to eight incentive-wise, if he does yeah. well, and if he does well, and you're paying up to eight million, then you're really loving it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, 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 if you don't like Baker Mayfield, and you think it was a, if you'd rather have Drew Locke, okay, sure, I, I get that, and you know, you can decide. Or if you'd rather have Jacoby Brissett, that was a popular take too. Who's with the Commanders now? Fine, but when Bucks fans are talking about Garoppolo or Carr or anybody like that, it's like, yeah, you're, you're that's not apples to apples comparison because of the salary. Couldn't do it. Yeah, couldn't do it. And if you did do it, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have guys, um, you know, that you wanted back, right? You wouldn't, you wouldn't have, have Avante David. David. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't have Jamel Dean. You wouldn't have those players that everybody feels like were more valuable. And quite frankly, if you don't like Baker Mayfield, then root hard for um, Kyle Trask because that's the alternative, right? 
And and Kyle Trask has his opportunity to to win the job and be the quarterback of the Bucks, not just this year, but for years going forward. I mean, he's under contract for at least two more seasons, and he has his chance. So, you know, if Baker Mayfield has to play, if he's the better player, and I believe he is, and so do you, I think, um, but if he does play, it means that, you know what, good thing they have him because he's better than that guy, right? Because that's all they have under contract right now, and I'm sure there'll be a third quarterback come in here. Hell, Andy Dalton got more money to go to Carolina, and they're going to draft a quarterback with the first overall pick. Now, Dalton may have to play right away, but mm-hmm. he's got more guaranteed money than Baker does. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I mean, in this price range, in the real world, the market that they deal with, this is the best they can do. And I think, look, he's a very charismatic guy. He has skills. We've been over the whole Cleveland thing. We'll go over it with him again. But, you know, five coaches, six offensive coordinators, a team that was 3-13, and 1-15, and 0-16, oh dysfunction everywhere. Odell Beckham Jr. Um, calling for the ball, like, you know, the injury to the shoulder, so many things that conspire to hurt a quarterback. Um, but I really think with Dave Canales and what he's trying to do, the bootlegs, the waggles, the movement, um, you know, throwing on the run, all those things that he can do very, very well, I think it's going to be a good fit. And we'll have to wait and see what happens in August and September and going forward. And, yeah, he didn't play well at Carolina, but that team in, in four or five weeks fired their head coach, and they were dysfunctional when he got there. Um, so, yeah, it's it's not, you know, it's, I think it's the best they can do. And I will say this. The Bucks are fired up about having them. They really are. They think, you know, they don't know what they have in Trask. They, they'll be honest with you in an in a, in a honest moment. They'll tell you, look, we, we think he's good. We like him, but we really don't know what we have. And so, you know, having said that, they're very happy that they, that they landed a Baker Mayfield. This was a guy that, you know, could have been with the team last year if Tom Brady had not ended his retirement and come back. Uh, he was somebody they were looking at then, and they didn't have to trade for him because you know Brady ended his retirement before free agency, or he might have been here a year ago. So there's only so many quarterbacks, and he was on the list and and pretty high on the list. Some other things that happened since we last uh, gathered here on uh, Friday's podcast: the Bucks added some depth on defense. They agreed to one-year deals with uh, defensive end Pat O'Connor. Of course, has been here for like seven years. Mostly a special teams player, but does play some defensive end. Outside linebacker Cam Gill, who was knocked out of action last year with a Liz Frank injury. He is back. And then they signed kind of an interesting guy in Rams free agent defensive tackle Greg Gaines. Now, he was a fourth-round pick of the Rams back in 2019, played at the University of uh, uh, Washington or Washington State, I believe. Uh, and he was part of their Super Bowl 56 uh, championship team. He's had... Quite a bit of success, 112 career tackles, 10.5 sacks. I think he's at 8.5 um, just this past couple years or year or so. And, you know, bringing back, they've already brought back Anthony Nelson. We've talked to him, Jamel Dean, obviously, Levante David. So they're starting to get some guys back for depth, for starting purposes, obviously, with David and Dean. And they have lost some players now. Some of these guys are starting to move on. Rakim Nunez Roches, we talked about last week, has gone to the Giants. Um, since we last spoke, Mike Edwards, the safety, signed with the Kansas City Chiefs, which I think he's going to do great there. I don't think people realize, and Logan Ryan tweeted this, what great ball skills that Mike Edwards has with the right defense uh, and good pressure up front, which the Chiefs have gotten. He could he could have a ton of interceptions there. So that was big. Um, and, yeah, so 
Guys starting to move around. Sean Murphy Bundy going to Tennessee. As I mentioned, we think uh, possibly could sign as early as today. So they can't get everybody back, but um, but they managed to keep their core together, and and that's that's really the whole goal of free agency when you're limited the way they were with the salary cap. I think their defense is, is going to be better. We still have the draft. You know, if they were playing today, would this be a great football team? Mm, probably not. But you could line up and you could play. You know, you'd have to do some things on the offensive line. They like their offensive line men, um, but they're going to have to put them in the right spots. And I think that involves moving Tristan Wirfs, which, you know, Jason Light addressed the other day as a real possibility. And I, I think that's likely to happen. But we'll have to wait and see where the where the draft goes. We're some 40 days or so uh, away from the NFL draft, which is coming up fast, as a matter of fact. Before we talk about the Tampa Bay Lightning and uh, what they did this weekend, I want to remind you guys how to save money on your electric bill. It's called May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned business. They've been installing solar electric systems now in the Bay Area for 13 years. Now, there's a lot of these companies out there, but May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. Here's what they do. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and services warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That is what they call the May difference. If you visit the Hudson Showroom, May Electric displays all their products. They conduct on-site testing. You can see exactly what they're going to install. Plus, they don't use subcontractors. All those guys on the roof with those solar panels, those are Billy May's guys, and that's important. Start saving today. Call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar, 727-819-2862. You can schedule a free estimate. Lower your electric bill all year long. Preserve the quality of those appliances. It's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. It's been a pretty good, I guess, if you took the four games, they're in the middle of these, you know, this kind of crush. They had two games in New Jersey in three days. They, you know, toppled the Devils twice and then came home and played Montreal. By the way, what a great, great, like I caught snippets, and and I don't know if you were at the event, Steve, or not, when they had the Lightning Hall of Fame induction with Phil Esposito and Benny LeCavier and Marty St. Louis. That was that was a tremendous event, I think. It looked like it from afar. And then the, what they did prior to the game against Montreal was really cool, too. Yeah, I was at the event Friday night at Amelie Arena. It was, it was spectacular. Um, so well done. There was, what, over 30 Lightning alum mm-hmm. in attendance mm-hmm. uh, from all different eras, from the first team in 92, 93, to yeah. you know, Ben Bishop and Ryan Callahan and Brian Boyle and you know, current guys, you know, or the more current type players. Um, it was so well done. Uh, of course, Phil Esposito, the star of it, as he was the, you know, the first inductee, and then Vinny LeCavalier and Marty St. Louis mm-hmm. uh, inducted as their numbers are already in the rafters, so you're kind of, you know, automatically in the Hall of Fame at that point. Right. But so but, but, so well done, the event, um, you know, the fans in attendance loved it. Um, just, you know, first class, of course, everything the Lightning do, and then the, the ceremonial puck drop and everything before the game on Saturday. Um, just a really cool thing to kick off the Lightning Hall of Fame, which, you know, they created this season in the 30th year of Lightning hockey. Yeah, it was just really neat. And then I was I was watching the uh, some of the outtakes from the, um, the banquet the night before the game. Mm-hmm. Of course, Marty coaches the Canadians, and that's why they were doing it uh, this past weekend. But... Mm-hmm. Um, they had, had, and I've heard this story before. It's funnier every time Phil tells it is, 
you know, he's the father of Tampa Bay Lightning. I still can't believe. I remember sitting at the old woodshed over there at One Buck Place before they moved to the new place off of runway 36 right. And I just remember it felt like it came out of the blue. You know, Tampa Bay had been pursuing baseball forever, right? Major League Baseball couldn't get a team. I mean, they they tried to steal a bunch of teams, and they built that stadium. It was sitting empty. And then all of a sudden, (laughs) one day somebody says, we got a hockey team. I was like, what? I didn't even know they were going for one. How is hockey going to happen here in Florida? Like, what? So I didn't realize, and we've taped a bunch of podcasts with the Lightning with Phil Esposito this year. Oh, yeah. And starting to release some of it now. I didn't realize that. So Phil basically had the idea that he wanted to form an expansion team Mm -hmm. because he was out of work in New York Mm -hmm. and he needed to create a job for himself. He was on the marketing committee with the, with the NHL, both as a player and then when he was the general manager as well in New York. So he knew that the league wanted to expand. So that helps, of course. <clears throat> so he decides he wants to, and he wants to do it in Florida. He was told to stay away from Texas, which it turns out the next year the North Stars moved to Dallas. To Dallas, yeah. The NHL knew that. He didn't, but people right. in the know knew that was coming and so told him, don't stay away from Texas. So he came down to Florida and wasn't even going to consider Tampa. He was meeting with, uh, he met with Pat Williams over in Orlando from the Magic. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He had been down in Miami, and he was in Orlando playing golf and was told to go meet with a a guy named Henry Paul here in Tampa, lawyer. And he wasn't, he was like, "Ah, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do this. Well, he said he played golf that day, played 36 holes, and as he said, won some shekels, had a really good day on the golf course. So he said, what the heck, I'll go over there. And he rented a car and bought a pair of trousers and a shirt at the pro shop and drove straight over to Tampa and had dinner and decided they were going to, you know, he and Henry Paul decided they were going to do this. And there were some money shakers in town there. Nine months later, they had a team here. It's crazy. Like it wasn't, like you think it's a a years-long process. Like a pursuit that he had had in his mind forever. Yeah. It was basically done, which is why you say, you know, I was like, we're going after baseball. We got a hockey team? What? Yeah. You know, it kind of it kind of came out of nowhere that you know, and, and it was the first hockey team in Florida, of course. Uh the Panthers <laughs> were founded next year and and yeah. some of the the hurdles they had to overcome from fi- finances to oh. some of their money guys then trying to change the deal after it was you know, announced they were getting a team and uh, it's crazy to think of how a hockey team in Tampa and it was all because of Phil Esposito. Like, he 100%. was awarded the team because the NHL believed in Phil Esposito. 100%. And the money guys that ended up, you know, committing money, then backing out, and then other ones committing, it was all because of Phil Esposito. I mean, it's – I didn't realize to what extent all that happened until – but I'm hearing the stories this year as – you know, because I wasn't around here 30 years ago. Yeah. So Gave him the team before they had ownership. I mean, basically he said, mm-hmm. okay, go find ownership in a, in a sense or go raise the money. What do you have to do? Ended up with a, a Japanese group, Kokosai Green, mm-hmm. I believe it was. Yep. Um, became the primary uh, investors. And then, of course, there were others after that, Art Williams and others um, that we remember. Yeah. But Phil, yeah, likes to, I, Phil likes to say the Japanese owners didn't know what they were investing in. He said, every time I said hockey, they pulled out a bottle of sake. And- <laughs> <laughs> He's a great storyteller. <laughs> the other one he told, and I've heard this a million times, and I laugh, I laugh harder every time he tells it, is he goes... You know, we were playing over there at the fairgrounds, and he goes, you know, it's small venue and everything. But that's what we had, and it was before Tropicana and all that. And he goes, and 
opening night, you know, trying to tell everybody, uh, you know, the ushers especially. Now, look, you guys don't know hockey, but they can't, no one can throw anything on the ice. You can't throw anything on the ice because even if it's like a dime or something, a guy can skate over that and wreck his career. You don't understand. Nothing gets thrown on the ice. And you told him, if anybody throws anything on the ice, you eject them immediately. They're out of here. They can't throw. We got announcements. You can't throw anything on the ice. So what do you know at their first game against the Chicago Blackhawks? Chris Contos scores four goals. And after the third goal, astute hockey fans, that there were a few in the building, started throwing the hats on the ice for the hat trick. And the usher started grabbing people and, and was going to escort them out of the building. He <laughs> goes, what are you doing? He goes, you told me if they threw anything on the ice, they had to leave. <laughs> He's like, boy, do I got a lot to teach hockey to Tampa Bay. <laughs> Yeah, he said he goes. He so goes. He got funny. a hat trick, and the usher goes, "What's a hat trick? <laughs> What's a hat trick?" <laughs> he goes, "Oh boy, I got a lot of teaching to do." <laughs> That's so funny, man. Oh, it was good though. And then you know, and then there was some, of course, you know, Marty and Benny and, and their relationship, but also um, Marty said something about Phil that was interesting. He goes, "Look, I, I got to live out a lot of my dreams, you know." Um, and win Stanley Cup, and you know he's in the Hall of Fame now. We know that. And he goes, but I'm pretty sure that a few of them I would not have accomplished if not for Phil Esposito. You know, if not for him building this Lightning franchise, getting this Lightning franchise, because he came, I think, from Calgary, wasn't it? Um, mm-hmm. Little known player that you know uh, they picked up and and became a Hall of Famer. Um, and so he credited Phil with that. It was just so well done. And it was good that it was good that Marty's, you know, obviously a good time to do it with Marty's team here. They're decimated by injuries, by the way. Yeah. They've got and, like 10 guys or nine on oof. IR and the 10th yeah. guys out Saturday night. And- brutal. Yeah. Just brutal. And they competed, but, um, lightning took care of them. And then on Sunday night, not so, not so good. It was just one really bad period. I mean, they were up to nothing. And then within, I want to say the span of a minute or two, it was tied. Yeah, well, nine seconds after they scored the second goal, it was all of a sudden two to one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they got it that quick. You mm-hmm. know, a couple of things on this. And New Jersey's a really good team. First of all, mm-hmm. they're they're in the Metro Division competing for first place with Carolina. And they I just mean, lost to Florida, I think. Yeah, they're ahead of the Lightning in the standings. Mm-hmm. They've, they've lost three in a row, two to the Lightning, and then they, they blew a 2 nothing lead in the third period at Florida. And that's the first goal the game they've lost all year leading after three. So they weren't a very happy team coming in. <laughs> um, the Lightning did not play very well tonight. And, and and New Jersey was the better team, no question about it. And they, they were faster to pucks. They were more in sync. They were harder on pucks. Yeah. Um, you know, they, they dominated a lot of that game. They did. But in the bigger picture of things, at the beginning of the week, if you'd have told me they're going to take two or three from New Jersey and beat Montreal in it. Three out of four in that test. You'd say, say, great, I'll take that. New Jersey's Mm -hmm. one of the top teams in the league. You take two out of three from them, you'll take it. Sure. The way you lost the last game gives you the sour taste because they were up 2 nothing, Right. And then all of a sudden gave up five straight goals. One's an empty netter. But, you know, five unanswered goals to lose five to two. Um, you know, it leaves a sour taste in your mouth, but mm-hmm. you know, and John Cooper talked about this post game too. They're in a stretch of 19 of 33. They're almost through this stretch. They've played the most games of any team since the all-star break. Mm-hmm. They went from having several games in hands to, uh, to teams to now teams have several games in hand to them. 
in this stretch. And it's 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 the dog days, man. I mean, we're down to what eleven games left. Yeah, they're for close. the Lightning. Mm-hmm. Their magic number is, I think, it's still fourteen with eleven to play. Mm-hmm. Which means basically, if the Lightning were to go six and five the rest of the way, right, which is below the pace they're on for the season, Florida at that point has to go. Th- I think it's twelve one and one. Or it's eleven crazy, one yeah. and one just to tie them, right? To for third place in the division. So mm-hmm. uh, you know the Lightning are, are you know they don't have a playoff spot yet, and they'll tell you you know we're not They're in the not playoffs guaranteed, yet. No, I mean there's only one team guaranteed at this point, Boston. Right. But they're pretty confident they're going to be in the playoffs. Yeah, you're pretty confident you're going to play Toronto in the playoffs. They already know their opponent as well. You're probably starting on the road, although you could still host that series. So they didn't get up for the Sunday night game on a back-to-back. Yeah. I mean, now, if, well, it, actually, if it continues I mean, they, Monday they, into Montreal, I uh, I mean, they were leading 2 nothing. I don't think they were playing great hockey in that game. I, I don't think they had a – I mean, I, even in the first period, they were up one nothing, but I, I didn't think they played a great period. Yeah. It was okay. Mm-hmm. But New, Jer- New Jersey was desperate. They were hungry. I, I I try not to get worked up over one game in a in a regular season. You know, right. in the in the NFL, you you shouldn't even get wor- that worked up in the NFL over one game. But it's one well, out of sixteen. Sixteenth, one out yeah. of sixteen. But I mean, or seventeenth. The yeah. best teams in the NFL lose three to four games a year. No, the very best. Yeah, I mean, you know, occasionally you'll get a fifteen and one team or something. Yeah, you know, rarely is it undefeated like the 07 Patriots, but. You know, it's one game against a very good team that you just beat twice that week. Of course, they're going to make some adjustments and be hungry, and they're trying yeah, to prove that, something. And Andre Palat too. The, the tribute to Andre Palat was awesome. That was great. That. that was awesome. Yeah, that was really one of the better ones I've seen. They had the players talking about him, and he was certainly moved. And the fans gave him as loud an ovation as I've heard a player coming back has gotten, and deservedly so. I mean, you you see the the big goals. You know, when they showed that montage of highlights, the big goals he he had in the postseason were incredible. The, you know the number of game-winning goals he's had oh in the playoffs for this franchise. That, he, that record may never be broke. It's I mean, incredible. We'll see, but I mean, he's got yeah. a substantial lead over everybody else at this point. Yeah, and it's just one after the other, and um, that was a cool tribute. I would say this: that uh, to your point, it, the schedule's been quirky in this sense that they played New Jersey three times, what in five days, six days, something like that. Mm-hmm. You know what it felt like, with the exception of the Montreal game tossed in. It felt like a playoff series. It felt mm-hmm. like they went into New Jersey and and took two, like and there were very contested games and and high level uh, hockey games that had sort of a playoff feel. And then they came home, and New Jersey was good enough to get one. You know what I mean? And if this were a series, they'd be playing another home game as a chance to go up three one. You know, and that's kind of how it felt to me. Um, mm-hmm. you know, Alex Kalorn and several of the players talked about. You know, kind of treating this like a playoff series. Sure. You know, sure. as you're getting ready for the playoffs, in, which will start. Get you in that mindset. You know, yeah. the Stanley Cup playoffs start four weeks from today. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, okay, we played once. Now let's make adjustments for game two. And now let's That's make adjustments right. for game three. That's right. And they yeah. adjust back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, and I, no, I thought New Jersey did a great job of adjusting throughout. I mean, I, I you know, I think each game. We learned something. Yeah. You know, New Jersey kind of got better in the series. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and, and that's a young team that's trying to learn and trying to learn how to win. And I mean, that's why they went and signed an Andre Palat and, and traded sure. for Timo Meyer and some more veterans that to help because they have a lot of good young talent. I mean, Jack Hughes and Nico Heeshear, and they have some really good young talent on that team. Yeah. Oh, it's been entertaining to watch them play. I mean, I, you know, it's unusual you get that many games with the same team so close together, but I, I really thought it was fun. <laughs> that was neat to watch, mm-hmm. watch and go back and forth. Yeah. And what I expected was a, a little more physicality. I thought there'd be some fights when you get to about the third game, um, but they managed to uh, they managed to keep it just about hockey, which was good. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So there also was a golf tournament in the area, pretty big one, the Valspar Championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Palm Harbor, and this one, man, it was entertaining as all get out. Uh, coming down the stretch, there's about four different golfers could have won this thing, including Jordan Spieth, who did not. Uh, and he, he hasn't won a tournament in a, in a minute now. Um, of course, back in 2015, he won Valspar, and then he went on to win, like, what, three out of four majors that year, I think. Um, but it really it really kind of jump-started his career. That's been a minute ago. But this this one was crazy because – so many different guys had a chance to win, um, including, uh, and I think the best story of the tournament, and it was sort of sad in a way, because, uh, you know, as as Spieth was plunking one in the water, uh, that kind of took him out of it a little bit. Um, Adam Schenk, who is a fairly young golfer, sort of had the lead throughout and was, a mi- I think he was at minus 10 coming down the stretch. His wife, Courtney, um, jumped in about 2 a.m. She woke up near Indianapolis and caught a flight and flew down here early, early in the morning. He made her breakfast. She's eight months pregnant. <laughs> and so, um, but she didn't, you know, didn't, didn't dissuade her at all. It's like, you coming? Yeah, I'll be there. Uh, and she w- went out there and walked most of the 18 holes. Um, and Shank, he played great right up until the final hole. Uh, and it was, it was unfortunate for him. He had, I mean, he had done everything, including he drained a 71 foot putt to take the lead. I mean, this thing was a bomb of bombs, right? Uh, another long putt to, to say par, like he, he was playing, but, and then his tee shot, not only did it go into the pine a little too left, but it nestled up like right up against the pine tree to where he couldn't hit it. He's a right-handed golfer. So the only way to get it out of there, he had to switch around and, and punch it back in the fairway left-handed, um, and you know he couldn't uh, he couldn't make birdie there, and it, it just it ended up that uh, you know it, it was exciting because it was going back and forth. Three three different players um, were right in the middle of it. Taylor Moore wins the championship. He had he had gone into the clubhouse at ten under. He was the first guy to post that number. And then was on the driving range and, and, you know, putting and doing some things. 29 years old, had the best score of the day, um, 
on on the field and just kind of you know casually he he was two holes ahead of everybody and just casually posted the number that ended up ended up winning it so um once he hit 18 at 10 under you know it was it was up to the other guys to try to match that at least for a playoff and they couldn't do it but really entertaining four days of golf the weather was different every day it was really cold on sunday when they got up it'd been windy every day and that made that course dry out and made the made the greens hard and um but uh terrific event and really good entertainment i mean for a non you know championship like you know it's it's not a major obviously or a sanctioned necessarily pga event but um uh but one you know one that uh is is big to the area and had a great field and Spieth was one of the first you know big golfers Justin uh, Thomas was in it there was some good names in this field but always good to see a guy get his first win, you know, on the, on the PGA Tour, which was neat. More good viewing on Saturday and Sunday, actually, was the USS women's basketball team. They uh, held on and, and won in overtime on Saturday uh, against uh, Marquette, I believe it was. And that was then, on Friday, actually. But oh, yeah. that was on Friday. I'm sorry. That's right. Yep. And the tournament play. And, of course, they had, they had to take on South Carolina undefeated, 33-0 on South Carolina's home court because they didn't get to take care of business in the conference tournament, so they got a a poor seed. And I got to tell you, head-to-head for a half, they were right there, man. They gave South Carolina all they could handle. The problem is South Carolina is South Carolina, (laughs) and the depth of their team just showed through. Uh, The Bulls don't play that many, many players. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, they had a five point lead and they, it was almost 14 points into the game. Um, they made all kinds of three pointers. They, they, you know, limited him to one shot. They did, they did so many things well. And, and yet at the end of the day, uh, it wasn't nearly enough. And in the second half, I think, I think the Gamecocks mm-hmm. just warmed down with well, the depth in their size too. They're just, yeah, they're very big. You're right. I mean, almost every one of their girls are like six, two and taller. Yeah, yeah, and it's just it's tough to when you have that much depth and that much size, it's tough to compete. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, USF hung in there. Unfortunately, you know they lost their first round tournament game in the AAC tournament. Otherwise, they might have been a you know five or six seed had they won that tournament. Yep, and you know you wouldn't be playing South Carolina in the second round trying to get to your first ever Sweet Sixteen. But yeah. Yeah, I think it was South Carolina. They, they said the physicality just started to kick in, and and um, you know, Jose Fernandez said that he told his team, you know, don't let this define the year that we had. Uh, they mm-hmm. were, you know, regular AAC regular season champs, um, terrific record in in the conference, and accomplished a lot. He said it just got away from us in the third quarter, and that's really the quarter that they didn't play well. They only scored sixteen points, I think, in the second half. So again, it was it was just the size and and uh, and the lack of depth. I mean, Carolina brings people off the bench that you know could start for USF and most teams, but um, and that's why they're undefeated and likely to to go back to back and win a national championship again because they're just that good. Um, but it was entertaining. I mean, I'm, I'm telling you, I was flipping back between Valspar and that. It was a good weekend for sports, you know, on television. Uh, of course, the Lightning playing and all that. So I really enjoyed it. So this week, like I said, we've got uh, what else? What else did we miss this weekend? Well, we March Madness. Um, oh yeah, you know the upset men's cities, side man. upset. I mean, number one seed goes down for the second time in tournament history to a sixteen. 
Right. Florida Dickinson almost made it to the Sweet 16. Mm-hmm. Uh, Princeton Upset by Florida Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. Princeton makes the Sweet 16. It's the third year in a row, I believe, a 15 seed has made the Sweet 16. I think you're right, yeah. Uh, uh, Tom Virginia Izzo upsets with, uh, Marquette. I mean, you know, you had a lot. You had a lot of upsets throughout the tournament, uh, and then the World Baseball Classic too. Yeah, that was fascinating. How about the USA coming back? Um, they, they, I guess they beat. Uh, was it Venezuela? Yeah, uh, Trey Turner with the grand slam in the eighth inning. Yeah, that was nice. Yeah, and, and then, then they uh, crushed uh, Cuba on Sunday. So they're in the mm-hmm. final against facing either Japan or Mexico. And Mexico has one Randy Arozarena. Who's lighting it up this <laughs> Yes, he is. I hope he, if you're the Rays fan, you hope that he keeps that hot bat going throughout. Uh, he loves the big stage. Actually. I saw where, uh, and I don't know if this is official or not, Jose Atuve took a, uh, a hit yeah, by pitch. He's out indefinitely. Out indefinitely yeah. right now. So, Oof. And then Edwin Diaz, we talked about that last week uh, in the celebration. He's out for the season. How do you feel, like just in general, like how do you feel about the World Baseball Classic if you're a Major League fan or, you know, just baseball in general? I mean, obviously the Major League Baseball uh, sanctions this. Um, they're allowing their players to go and play in it, and yet they're risking, you know, like we've already seen several season, perhaps well, one season-ending injury and perhaps other players get hurt. So is it worth it? Should they continue it? What, what's... Is this is this better or you know why? What I, value do you I, think it plays? So I've I've never been one that was a huge fan of the ba- the World Baseball Classic. Yeah, but I was talking to a, a buddy of mine who's who actually from Puerto Rico, and he went down. I think it was Tuesday night Miami. to the Puerto Rico. I think he said Dominican Republic game, which was a mm. great game. Yeah, um, he said the atmosphere in there. Crazy, right? It was nuts. Yeah. Like the passion and the excitement and the... The nationalism, you know, yeah. And, 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 you know, to to continue to grow the game and the excitement and, you know, I, I actually think, you know, I was never one who liked it when they created it and that, but when you start seeing, you know, in Mexico and in Puerto Rico and the Dominican Republic and even in Japan and all this, how passionate... Yeah. The fans are for this and that. I think it's a great thing. I mean, I love watching the World Cup. I love watching Olympic sports and when you're playing for country and stuff. And I, I'm, I'm more into this than I than I ever thought I would be because at first I was like, yeah, who cares? But yeah. you start seeing it and how much it means to the players too. I mean, you know, you always talk to Olympians and and you know, you know, NHL players who want to play in the Olympics and they haven't been able to recently. You know they want to wear that that sweater of their country. Sure, they do. They want to wear yeah. that uniform. And, you know, for baseball players to get a chance to do that um, in a cool tournament, and you know, I, I think it's great. Now, you know, injuries happen in sports. Yeah. Um, the celebration one's the real unfortunate one because mm. um, you didn't. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything on the field. Right. Just but, just enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, but you yeah. know, I, 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 when you just see how much this means to the players but even the fans too i think it's yeah. a great thing and and yeah there is risk of injury and if you're a team you'd really hate it if your player got hurt oh it sucks doing yeah. this it, it does stink but yeah i'm you know i mean edwin diaz he tore his acl in a celebration he could have done that walking down the steps at home i mean I, you know it, there's a there's always a risk to everything i mean there's a risk to the pro bowl they're playing flag football, but somebody could have an injury there too. 
Yeah, I saw um, running back lose his career yeah. because of a beach game that they since canceled. Yeah. You know, with, now, with rookies. You know, that one's at the end of the season, so right. most injuries you'd have time to come back from compared to right. the World Baseball Classic, which is at the beginning of the season. Yeah, but I, I you know, I kind of like it. I, I mean, it's been fun to watch the games, particularly because the crowds are so into it. Right, it's been fantastic. No, I, I, the national aspect of it, you know, the 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 pride that these people take in 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 playing for their countries in. Um, so many of these Latin American countries in particular um, is, you know, it, it's next to, I mean, there's nothing more exciting. I mean, they really are into it. And the fans, as you mentioned, it's a totally different atmosphere. I, this is a very small scale. I'm not trying to compare this to the World Baseball Classic, okay? But back in the day uh, when I played American Legion Ball, we got to the Southeast Region Tournament and Puerto Rico was in our region. And that was cool, you know? And so they came over and they were loaded. They were great. We were pretty good, uh, and then and then the team that sort of owned us was a team from Hialeah, which had, you know, a bunch of of uh, 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 players of Cuban descent whose parents have come come over, uh, that were United States citizens, obviously, but still very very proud of their ethnicity, and so so um, the wildest scene I remember seeing, like we we played both those teams, and we ended up coming back, and we we're down. 10 to 2 to Puerto Rico, and we came back and beat them. And the, the Hialeah team were rooting like hell for us. They really wanted us to beat Puerto Rico. But when Puerto Rico played Hialeah, I've never seen anything like it. I mean, it was like, it was on. It was so much passion and so much um, excitement. And, and uh, you know, just every pitch mattered. Um, but they were so into it. And there was a certain national aspect to that. But, you know, the flags and, the, and you know, you put that – three on your sleeve literally and you you just see how much it means to everybody you know the players they feel it so i think it's cool uh it's it is terribly unfortunate and 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 like all sports injuries are part of it um and you you don't want to be that team that loses a key player for the season um or even for any games but uh it's gonna happen and I just think it's been great, uh, and, and it, it's great that the U.S. U.S. is. I didn't think the U.S. was favored to get this far. Quite frankly, I didn't think they were going to reach the final, um, but they have, and so yeah. No, I kind of, I kind of dig it. Don't know that I want to see it every year. What is it? Every four? What are they doing? I believe it's every, every four s- years. It's either three four or four. Years, yeah. yeah, but yeah, and that's that's about it. That's about all you need. I don't think you want to mm-hmm. do it every season, but yeah. No, I've enjoyed it. Um, so it should be good. It should be really fun. All right, well, we got a busy week ahead. Uh, as I mentioned, Baker Mayfield should show up sometime. If he's not in town now as we do this podcast, he will be early Monday morning, takes his physical. We'll face the media sometime around the afternoon. Um, we got some mailbag questions we'll get to as well. You can send those to us anytime at SportsDayTB on Twitter. You can reach me on Twitter at NFL Stroud or my email address is rstroud at tampabay.com. For Steve Snake, I'm Rick Stroud, the Tampa Times. Have a great day, everybody. 